message to Mary. If you're listening by podcast, we welcome you. Glad to have you part of our CFAM and uh, reaching out around the world. I had somebody ask, how do I access it through iTunes? And uh, let me just explain real quick. It's kind of hard because there's so many crossroads churches or crossroads Christian church, crossroads community church, crossroads some kind of church. And I have no idea why people who do not live in the crossroads of America name themselves Crossroads. Thank you for letting me get that out, all right? Sometimes you just gotta have some therapy, you know? And, and so I don't know why people do that. When we're in the crossroads of America, and that's why we called ourselves Crossroads Church. But because there's a plethora of crossroads out there, you need to add my name to it. Because if you will search through iTunes, usually you can come up with it with Crossroads and Craig White and be able to find the podcast and then sign up for it so you can just have it delivered to your phone or whatever every week and never miss out on what God's doing here at Crossroads. So uh, hopefully that helps somebody. Uh, Christmas, how many of you know this? Crossroads, excuse me, Christmas has a way of accentuating everything, right? It's just like everything kind of gets a little heightened, a little, little more, and uh, I would say one of those things that happens is our desires. Do you find that? Uh, maybe it's because of so much advertising dollars they're spent at this time of the year to convince you and I that we need something. How many of you get more mail this time of the year than any other time? It's like I'm getting books delivered, you know? I mean, magazines of, to tell me what I don't have that I need, I need this. And, and so when you're trying to be content, and I, I think we all have a desire to be content. You know, we just want that, you know, just easy, peaceful feeling, right? I feel the spirit of the eagles coming on me, all right? Uh, just, just that easy feeling, you know, and, and, and yet uh, the culture kind of, convinces us that we shouldn't be content. And, and so I know recently it's like, you know, my iPods were just fine, to my, excuse me, my AirPods were just fine until I knew they had noise-canceling AirPods, right? You know, and your TV was just fine till you went over and saw somebody else's that was way bigger than yours or more clear than yours, and you're like, I can't believe we're watching on this little screen. It's only 80 inches, you know, and there's bigger out there. And I, I just can't imagine this. Or your house was just fine till you visited a family member or a friend and it looked like the Magnolia Group had rolled in and transformed their house. And you're like, oh my gosh, we live in a dump. Or your car was just fine until you sat in someone else's car Smell those new leather seats, right? And then you're like, man, I ride in a piece of junk. It's already two years old or whatever. <laughs> we want to live content, but there's always something more. Isn't that true? And, and then how do you live content? You know, not, not just about what you want, 
But how about stuff you don't want that comes into your life? Like bad news, like a miscarriage that happens, and maybe it has happened again. And you're like, now how am I supposed to be content with that? Or you lose your job, and you, know, you didn't want to be without a job, but that wasn't your choice, that wasn't your decision. And now, how do you be content in that situation? Or you do have a job, but it's a job you hate and don't want to be at, and yet it seems like it's a dead-end street and you just can't seem to get the job that you want. Or perhaps you reared your children in church and your son, instead of coming to church, he, he goes out and gets high and he's hooked on drugs. And you're like, you know, how do you be content or stay content with those things. How do, you, how do you be content when you wish you could change your life? When you wish you didn't have the life that you have? And how many know in that state of mind you can make some of the dumbest decisions of your life? Not too many want to raise their hand, but a few did, all right? But you're with me, right? Because it's like, oh, I'll abandon this job, and I'll, I'm sure I'll get another one. Or, you know, I'll, I'll get rid of this car, and I'm sure I can find a deal somewhere. I'll, I'll abandon this marriage, and I'm sure that I'll, I'll find somebody else. We can chase things and ruin our lives along the way. And there's a great message of Christmas on contentment that comes from Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so, if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to do today what we did last week and what I think we'll do in this series is I want you to stand, if you would, and if you can, for the reading of God's Word as God speaks in an audible voice, it seems, to Mary through an angel, and we even get the angel's name here in verse 26. Uh, here's what the Bible says. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And what she's saying is, is, I, is I've not been in an intimate relationship at all with anybody ever so how's this going to happen the angel said the holy spirit will come upon you 
and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, the whole, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. I want to stop here and say there are people who will stick a label on you. There are people who will stick a label on you. And in that culture, there wasn't anything hardly worse than barren can't produce a child, can't produce an offspring, can't, you know, it's like you're worthless. And maybe you've had people call you worthless. Maybe you've had people say stupid. Maybe you've had people say dumb. Maybe you've had people say you'll never amount to anything or whatever. I've got news for you. You don't have to stick with the label that's been stuck on you. Hello? And so here's what, here's what God said. She was called barren. She ain't going to be called that anymore. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You can go ahead and be seated. We're going to talk today about how to cultivate contentment. How to cultivate contentment in a culture that is very discontent. And, and here's the thing is we don't need to just pray for peace. You know, a lot of people say, oh, let's pray for peace. Let's pray that we'll have peace. And, and that, that's important to pray for it, but you better do more than that. Here's what you need to do. We're going to see this today. You better practice peace. You better practice peace in your life. How many know it takes practice to get perfect, right? Anybody ever play sports or ever play an instrument and it took a lot of practice? Or maybe you tried to learn a new language? It takes a lot of practice to do those things. But here's what Mary learned. In the midst of practicing it, the Lord is going to be with you and you're going to be highly favored. So here's the first thing that Mary teaches us in being content is remember God's resources. You need to remember God's resources. And you know, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking how often many of us probably think that God has a default answer of no. You ever feel that way? And, and here's the thing about that is when you feel that way, then it's like, why pray? You know, why ask God? Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes you know, it's like you know the answer. I remember when we were first married and uh, you know, we didn't have much money and we were, you know, going out was a big deal. And so sometimes we'd want to go out and I'd say, Well, where do you want to go eat? And I almost could predict it without uh, fault, and that is she would say, Long John Silvers. <laughs> and I'd be like, No. <laughs> no. Do not need more Long John Silvers. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, I, lo I love Long John. I love the little crumbly things, you know. <laughs> get, get extra of those little crumbly things, you know. 
And uh, I was like, no, I come out smelling like a Long John Silvers, you know? Come on, somebody. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, no, I, no. But, you know, a lot of times I'd acquiesce because one thing, I was cheap, and so it was a cheap meal, and, and so we'd do that. But, but, you know, sometimes I think we can project that kind of thing onto God. I'll ask, but he's going to say no. I, I just don't think he's going to do that. And here's what the danger of that is. Sometimes we just quit asking. Sometimes we, we just decide, well, I, I'm not even going to pray. I'm not even going to ask. And so what we do, we lower our expectation, we lower our faith, we lower our belief, and and here's what happens. Instead of being content, it's not contentment, it's complacency that we get to, to where we just are complacent. We just settle, and we just accept our situation. And that is not at all what we see Mary doing. She's not just, just settling. She's, she's saying, you know, I, this is a whole new thing, and, I, and, you know, I could opt out of it, I guess, and all, but, but here, here's the thing is I'm going to voice my concern to God, and, and so here's what Mary does. She says, um, how can this be? I know what I've been up to, and it's not anything. <laughs> I've not been up to anything. And so I don't see how this is going to happen. Have you ever felt that way about stuff? I, I feel that way whenever I get on this huge tube with two wings on it and two big engines on it and all this tonnage and all these people, I, some are bigger and some are smaller, and all their luggage and all the fuel and we get on this tonnage of, of plane, and two hours later, I'm in Florida. And you know what I say? How does that happen? I know it's aerodynamics. I know there's science behind all those. That's okay. But I'm still shaking my head like, how in the world does that happen? How does that happen? How does that take place? And, and just to prove a point, the angel says, well, you know, uh, if you'll look around, you'll see things that look impossible. You'll see some things because Elizabeth is a relative of yours, and they called her barren. But did you know that in her old age, she's pregnant right now, six months along, and she's going to have a son. So God can do anything. Jesus would do stuff like that. Do you remember Jesus? When, when, when he would say, hey, you not think God cares for you or takes care of you? He says, look over here at these flowers. Just look. Look at these flowers. Now, do they worry about what they're going to wear? Do they worry about having enough clothes? Do they worry about nothing's in their closet? No. He said, God clothes them. God cares for them. And hey, look at these birds in this tree right here. He said, just look at those. Do you not think that your heavenly father cares and feeds them? And you're worth more than any bird. Your father cares for you. 
And so the message that God is communicating to Mary is that you can have contentment and the contentment comes from understanding who God is. And in that, it almost seems like Mary's telling us that contentment is a choice. That, that it's a choice. It, it's, it, it's, you know, what we decide to do with what's happened. Because God is able to do anything. Hello? So if he does care, care for flowers and he does care for birds and if he does care for my, my, for my relative Elizabeth, then he must care for me too. And if he can make the impossible happen in Elizabeth's life, he can make the impossible happen in my life as well. I got an email just recently uh, from someone in the church, they're newer in the church, been here a few months, and, and they, they reached out to me by email and said, I, I just wanted to let you know that, uh, and let me read the first one, I, I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit to commit $1,000 to this miracle offering. I didn't share it with my wife yet, but fast forward to the next week's service, and by the way, they, they were reaching out to me by email because they were going to tell me face-to-face, but they weren't able to. So, so they said, so fast forward to the next week's service, the same nudge was felt. So I discussed it with my wife that evening. And she said the exact amount had been impressed on her heart as well. The very next service, you shared the challenge of the matching gift and the goal to raise $25,000. You called on other families to join you in giving $1,000. And that became a God moment in our walk, it wasn't by accident that we both had the same amount impressed upon us and that you later shared from the pulpit about your vision of the church giving. That was God. I'm so excited to share with you that we will be joining in giving $1,000 to the miracle offering. God is moving, and we're incredibly blessed to be able to call Crossroads our home. Now, two days later, I get another email from them. And they said, just wanted to give you an update on how God is moving and making things happen and couldn't wait until Sunday to share. Yesterday, I came into work to find out that I was going to be getting a Christmas bonus in the amount of $1,000. Now tell me that isn't our God working and fulfilling his promise in Malachi 3.10. And then I love how he ended this because it's, a, it's preacher talk, all right? It's like the three Ps right here. This will preach. He prodded, he provided, and he poured. Hallelujah. Now, good. Give God a shout of praise. Now, here. Here's what I'm saying. Craig, are you saying if I give $1,000 today, my boss will give me $1,000 this week? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying he can do it, and he did do it last week 
for somebody in this church. And what I am saying is, is he can do anything he wants. He can do it anytime, anywhere, any place. How many of you know that, that with God, nothing is impossible, right? It's not, it's not impossible. Second thing to write down is, is you got to remember to release. Remember to release. You, you can choose to focus on contentment or you can focus on being discontent. You, you can just hang on to fear. You can hang on to worry. You can hang on to bitterness or you can focus on other things. And whatever you focus on, that'll lead to either contentment or discontentment. It's important to let go. How many have ever been told to let go of something? Yeah, like how many have ever been water skiing? <laughs> right? One of the most important instructions I got when I was learning about water skiing is let go. <laughs> right? Because the thing that's helping you can hurt you, all right, if you don't let go. And, and the same thing in our lives. There, there are things in our lives where we, we've got to let go of it. I know they hurt you or, or whatever, but here's what Mary says. Contentment is not a feeling, it's a focus. And it's whatever you focus on. See, my, my situation may not feel good, but God is good. He is still good. I may not understand it, but what I do know is God can change my circumstances in a moment, in a second, in a week, in two days, he can turn it around. And in three days, he can come back from the dead. Hello? So he can do anything. So Mary says to all this, here's what she says. She says, well, I am a servant. I'm your maid servant. In other words, the word is really slave. I'm just your slave. You're my master, whatever you want to do. My situation can be whatever. My situation doesn't regulate my satisfaction. Come on, somebody. My situation does not determine my happiness. It's almost like Mary is saying, you know, I don't know about Joseph, but you know, it doesn't matter. I, I, I just declare today that it doesn't matter what he does with all this. If he doesn't come around, I'm still good with whatever you want to do, God. I wonder if there's some people here today that it doesn't make any difference if your car started this morning or didn't start. There's some people here, it doesn't matter if you get the promotion this year or you don't. It doesn't matter if you get the Christmas bonus or you don't. I wonder if there's some people here today that it just doesn't matter what anybody else does. You know God is good all the time anyway, right? See, and so Mary just refused resentment and chose gratitude instead because the longer I live, the more I, I figure life just pretty much comes down to this, either resentment or contentment. You're either resentful about life or you are content in life. And the big deal 
is not where you were born or, or who your parents were or anything else. It's an attitude. It's a choice in our life. Because there's some people here, it's, oh, Craig, but you just don't know my childhood. Oh, dude, I had some parents. They were wacko, okay? They're just messed up. That's the reason why I'm like I am. And you know, anybody with parents like that, or, or oh my gosh, the stress I've been under with, with my first marriage, that, that was awful, that was terrible, and that person, they just put me down, and whatever, and I, I've just never been the same again. Let me tell you something, it doesn't matter the details, it doesn't matter what people have tried in your life. There's another Joseph in the Bible, in the Old Testament, he had 11 brothers who sold him into slavery, who sold him to either die or wish he were dead. And after he had been in prison, falsely accused, and all kind of hell on earth in his life, year after year after year after years of that, all of a sudden those brothers are facing him. And eyeball to eyeball, he says this to them, you intended this for harm, but God intended it for good. And God sent me here. You think you sent me here, but God sent me here. I'm telling you today, God can turn anything around. He makes good out of bad. He can turn the good, bad, and the ugly into something for his glory if you'll just let him. If you believe that, give him a shout today. Here's the, here's the third thing, is you got to remember to rejoice, okay? You got to remember God's resources, you remember to release, and then you remember to rejoice, because here's what Mary did last. She said, oh, magnify the Lord. See, what you magnify gets bigger. You magnify your problem, or you magnify your God, and, and how life goes is much determined by what you do. Here's what she did. Oh, my goodness. My friends are going to make fun of me. I'm going to be the talk of the neighborhood. This is not going to go well for me. She didn't focus on that. She said, oh, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She began to praise God and, and give him glory. See, here's what, here's what too many of us do. We, we look at this to see what kind of day we're going to have. <laughs> well, there they go in another new car. Well, they're back at the beach again. Well, they've remodeled their home. Well, she's got a new boyfriend. I've not had one this year. Another New Year's Eve by myself. Thank you very much. You know, I, oh, wow. They had a party, and I'm not there. What's up with that? I didn't get invited. And so we look and we scroll instead of allowing the Spirit of God to help us to know what we need to do. See, God says if you can't be content where you are, you cannot be content even if you try to jump through that screen. Because some of us think, oh, if I had their life, oh, if I could just be them. Listen, if you can't be content where you are, you can't be content anywhere you are. There, there's tough stuff that we want to escape to, but here's what Mary said. 
I'm just going to submit to God's plan. I'm just going to submit to God's plan because I heard a story about a Joseph years ago who had his brother sell him and he just took on a whole new attitude. And so I believe if I'll take on a whole new attitude that God can work through it. And and let me tell you something. Do not hallmark this story today. Do not make this look more pretty than what it is. Can you imagine the ridicule? I know we live in a culture where somebody says, you know, I think I want to get pregnant. I'm going to go down to the lab and pick a baby out to get put in me, and I, I'll just have a baby. I'll just, you know, I, I can do it by myself, whatever. And, and people say, oh, that is awesome. You do you, girl. <laughs> right? That's a culture we live in. That is not the culture that Mary lived in. No, if you were pregnant like this, here's one thing, you could be killed for it. You could be put to death for it because it was looked down upon severely. And Mary's being called to a life that is not easy. It's one of ridicule. It is one of misunderstanding. At the very least, there would, the rest of her life could be this story. But there's something in Mary that said, you know what? I no longer have to rely on how many likes I get. I I no longer have to rely on how many loved my filter that I used on my last picture and how awesome I was. I no longer have to rely on what people say about me. Come on, somebody. I no longer have to be dependent in my happiness on what is happening to me. I have learned to be content in whatever state I am. I can be single. I can be married. I can be pregnant. I can have a miscarriage. I can have whatever in my life. And I'm still content because I have him in my life. See, here's what she could remember every year, every year, and every time somebody, mm, you know, oh, there's Mary. You know about her. Every time she could say, The Lord is with me, His favor is on me. And even though I don't understand everything he does, I do know that he is good. See, even when it's not peaceful, he brings peace into our hearts and lives. Mary learned to praise in the problem. You don't have to like your situation to know that he's with you in it. But if it looks impossible, understand that he can make anything happen. Let me just, I don't have time to read it to you, but Mary's declaration, she goes on and shares basically three things. As I studied these, you can study them, figure out your own list, but here's what I came up with. And and this first thing was, I'm on God's mind. He's mindful of me. He's thinking about me. Second thing she declares is my God can do anything. There's nothing beyond his ability to do. And then the third thing she declares is he remembers his promises. 
I'm a part of a people group that shouldn't even be alive right now. I'm a part of a people group who were slaves in Egypt, but God brought us out. I'm a part of a people that shouldn't even be here today, but see, God did something in our lives, and he's not finished yet. See, some of you, you remembered to brush your teeth today, and thank you very much for doing that, all right? Maybe you remembered to brush your teeth, to brush your hair, but did you remember to tell your soul, to tell your spirit? Because it's almost, I almost picture Mary saying, my soul will magnify the Lord. My spirit will rejoice in God my Savior. See, you may have got up and done all those other things, but did you tell your soul today to rejoice? Did you tell your spirit to be glad in God your Savior? See, every time the worship team gets up here, they're reminding us to get our focus on something higher than our problems, than our culture, than our challenges, than our difficulties. Wake up, hello, you you brushed your teeth, you brushed your hair, oh, that's good this morning, but get your praise on. Begin to praise him. Begin to thank him. And it'll adjust everything else in your life. See, even if you have tears running down your face from the pain, you can praise him in the pain. Have you learned how to do that? Because here's why. You can praise him for who he is. For who he is. And here's the thing. I, I was thinking about this. When you live surrendered, it's kind of like Paul. Paul lived so surrendered that they said, well, we're, we're, we may kill you. And he says, well, if you do, I'm going to heaven. That's okay. And if you don't, I'm going to keep preaching. And that's okay too. Because I'll just help fill heaven up all the more. So either way. And Mary, it just seems like she's just so content. And when you're content, I I just think the devil has a hard time messing with you. Because when you've given everything over to God like Mary did, she says, well, I'm just a slave then. I just want you to know I'm, I'm signing on everything. My body, my soul, my spirit, my mind, it's all yours, God. And think about that. If you would just do that, then when your car doesn't start, well, that's the Lord's car. The Lord better figure that out. Because that is not my car. See, if your house burnt down, That's not your house. I live in it. But it was the Lord's house before it was mine. These clothes, these aren't my clothes. These are the Lord's clothes. My wallet, my bank account, it's not mine. That's the Lord's. So it doesn't matter what the stock market's doing. Everybody freak out. Oh, oh. No. No. 
Paul says, I've learned something, how to be content. Whether I've got plenty or I have little. He says, what I do, I just focus on him. And that's what Mary did. She said, Lord, I'm going to face ridicule. I don't even know what this is. But what I do know is I'm yours. I'm yours. It's all, all, all yours. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can live free. Some of us live in a free country, but we're not free. We're bound up with worry and fret and anxiety and all kinds of stuff because of being discontent. So Spirit of God, move on us today. Help us to be more like Mary. Maybe you're here, you'd say, Craig, I want to be like that. I just want to live my life open-handed. It's not my house. It's not my car. It's not my stuff. It's all his. It's all his. I just want to live free. And I want to let the Lord know today, just like Mary did, I am yours, Lord. I am yours. If you'll join me in that prayer, would you just raise a hand and say, yeah, that's me today. I want to live free. I want to live free. I want to live with contentment. Father in heaven, I pray that you'll help each one of us in a culture that is trying to convince us to be discontent in which millions, even billions of dollars are being spent to try to mess with our contentment. God, in that culture, help us to stay focused on you so that we can learn to be content. We can learn to live with peace in our hearts and lives just like Mary. So God, today we thank you for this message. We thank you that we can apply it to our lives and we can live a life of contentment. Maybe others of you are here and you'd be honest enough to say, Craig, I I don't have peace in my heart and in my life. And I think the reason why is because I have walked away from God. Maybe you felt like God was a no God. Like any answer, my answer is no. Many question, my answer is no. And maybe you feel that way, have felt that way. But I'm here to tell you that no one comes to him and he says, I would cast them out. He says, come to me. Come to me. And if today you feel the Spirit of God calling you or calling you back to him, that's him. That's him. He's never stopped loving you. He's never stopped caring for you. And if you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I'll try it one more time, or I'll try it for the first time, or I know I need something in my life. I think it is God, and you want to make a declaration of faith in this place, just right where you are. I want to pray with you. Just raise your hand right now. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Yes, yes, yes. I see those hands. How many others over here? God bless you. Anyone else? All right, back here. God bless you. Up there, God bless you. All right. Several people around the room. Nobody prays alone. Come on, Crossroads family. Let's pray this prayer and just lift it up to God. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So I ask you to wash away my past. I'm giving you my life. As much as I know how, I surrender all to you. Thank you for coming in and accepting me as a child of God. 
in Jesus' name.